Today's podcast is sponsored by Discovery Plus. I've been absolutely glued to the Giro d'Italia each day since it started. Every stage of the Giro is available live on Discovery Plus. The great thing about Discovery Plus is if you're out training or you're working and you don't manage to catch the action live, you can stream all the action at your convenience whenever suits you. As well as the Giro, they're going to have the Tour de France, La Vuelta a España and loads more bike racing. All the bike racing you need from just $6.99 a month. You can go to discoveryplus.com or download the Discovery Plus app from your app store. The app is also available on a wide variety of platforms and devices, including Amazon, Apple, Google, Roku, LG, Samsung. Check out discoveryplus.com to get started and the link is in today's show notes. And remember, terms and conditions apply and a subscription is required. It's for 18-year-olds and over only. Like any subscription, your monthly or annual plan will auto-renew unless cancelled. The big question is this. How do we use cycling as a tool to improve our health, our happiness and our longevity? That is the question and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Anthony Walsh and welcome to the Roadman Podcast. Well, hello, all you gorgeous, gorgeous cyclists. It's Sarah and I'm back with a bonus Saturday podcast where I delve a little deeper into being a newbie cyclist. But this week, we're actually going to take a little break from our usual show and we are going to chat about the complicated and almost mystical goings on of a grand tour. Now, I've been in a swash research in this podcast and if Anthony hadn't put me on the spot yesterday, I don't think I would have agreed to do this. <laughs> I've tied myself up in knots and tangled myself up every time I think I'm finished explaining one point because I think of another little rule or detail that I've forgotten. But I tell you what, I'm going to start simple for now. And before any of you, you know, more <laughs> seasoned Grand Tour you know, watchers or fans start writing in and yelling, I got X, Y, and Z wrong. Please understand it was probably just to kind of think, keep things clear for our newbies. Okay, so like me, you love riding the bike, but you love watching the sport or do you just find it confusing and hard to follow? I am here to tell you that, yes, it's complicated. I'm not going to lie, it's nuanced, but that is part of the charm. And understanding the beauty of the pro peloton and stage racing can be really tricky. But believe me, the juice is definitely worth the squeeze. So the 2022 Giro d'Italia started about a week ago. And this is one of three yearly grand tours. So the others are the Tour de France and La Vuelta, La Vuelta España. So confusingly enough, just to keep us on our toes, the start of these grand tours usually starts in a completely different country. Like the Giro this year started in Hungary and the Tour de France will start in Denmark, in Copenhagen. So in fact, for all of you Irish listeners, you might remember that the Giro came to little old Ireland back in 2014. And I, although I watched it, I hadn't a clue what was going on. I loved watching the grit and determination that these guys had. And I was in complete awe at how they could just suffer all day and go through so much. But I had no idea of the ins and outs of the sport. And to be honest, it was all just a colourful blur. So I'm here to help if you're kind of in a similar situation. Okay, let's start with at the very beginning. 
a grand tour. Well, what's a grand tour? It's three weeks long and a grand tour will cover about three and a half thousand kilometers. Imagine. I mean, these riders are tough as nails. Some might even say uh, that they're sadists. (laughs) So each team puts in eight riders in a normal race. Um, a team would have seven riders, but for a Grand Tour, it's eight. Now, there's 21 stages, so one stage per day, so one race per day. And some of the stages are suited better to different types of riders. So you'll have time trial specialists, you'll have climbers for mountain days, sprinters for flatter days, and then there's three rest days also. And in the Giro, these rest days are actually notorious for not really giving the riders a break. Unlike the Tour or La Vuelta, the Giro kind of focuses on keeping the spectators happy. So the riders often finish the stage and then they have to jump on trains, planes and automobiles in order to get to a different part of the country to start the next stage. The other thing to note that the riders don't generally take a day off the bike and they'll probably go and scope the next day's route out. And this is, you know, done at paces that would probably make my eyes water. Lance Armstrong was notorious, actually, for insisting his team go and completely whack it on the rest day. So definitely no Netflix marathons for these lads, although I'm sure they're getting massages and they have space boots on and things like that. So in total, the Giro this year is 24 days. During the 21 days of bike racing, we have the main competition called the General Classification, which everyone refers to as GC. This winner of the General Classification is the person that competes the full race, as in all the 21 stages, stages in the least amount of time. And it's, it's no mean feat at all. Although cycling seems like an individual sport nothing could be further from the truth so if a team wants to focus on winning the gc title they'll have a team leader that the entire team will work for to help that individual to win the other team members make enormous sacrifices in order to get the gc rider into contention and there's a really special type of rider called a domestique and this person in my eyes is a hero but they don't get any of the glory like the gc guys do so the domestiques rider's responsibility is to take care of the team leader and to help him to conserve energy by keeping him sheltered or by ferrying clothes or food or water from the team car to him, waiting with him to pace him back if he has a mechanical or in some cases he, he might actually have to give the team leader his bike. So the domestique is one of my favourite riders in the team. He's, as I said, the unsung hero. So... As I said, after each day, the person that has completed the stages up to that point in the least amount of time gets to wear the pink jersey. Or in the Tour de France, it's the yellow jersey. Or in Lavalta, it's the red jersey. And in the Giro, this pink leader's jersey is called the Maglia Rosa. It's pink as an homage to the original organisers of the race, La Gazzetta dello Sport, which was a newspaper printed on bright pink paper. So that's where the pink jersey comes from. So that's GC. And along with that title, there are kind of subplots in a story running alongside the main spectacle. And these battles are fierce and sometimes can become even more interesting than the main fight for GC. So let me explain these to you. First up, we have the points title. So the leader of the points classification wears the Maglia Ciclamino. So it's kind of a purple in colour. And these riders get points during intermediate sprints 
this is kind of like an imaginary finish line for points in the middle of the race and at each stage finish. So with the riders finishing position determines the number of points that they're awarded. So this jersey is usually one for the sprinters and some stages will be designed so that there is a sprint finish. So we know when we know when the stages will suit a sprinter. These finishes are crazy. I'm usually watching these from behind a couch pillow. The riders are going at 70 kilometers an hour. They're overtaking each other, riding so close to the barriers and each other. It's so, so exciting, but also very, very nerve wracking. So then we have the white jersey and I won't spend long on this one, but this is for the best young rider. It's awarded on the same basis as the pink jersey, except the rider has to be 25 or under. Okay, and then we have the mountains classification or the king of the mountain, which is a blue jersey. This jersey is for the climbers. So similar to the sprinters, but there's points given to the riders that reach the top of each of the significant climbs first. And the number of points awarded, it's based on the classification of the climb. So if the climb is a first category, which is really, really, really hard, they'll get more points than in a fourth category. For instance, if you come first over a first category climb, you get 40 points. But if you come first over a third category climb, you'll only get nine points. And they categorize each climb based on the length and difficulty of that climb. The other thing that you will hear the commentators talking about is an ORS category climb. And I'm not sure about the direct translation, but this kind of means non-classified, as in it's even harder and even longer than the first category climbs. Sounds completely hellish. So with these jerseys, blue, white and purple, even though I have the most points, let's say on a Thursday and I wear blue jersey, for instance, if someone surpasses me on points on Friday, they then get to wear the blue jersey. But I can, of course, win it back the following day. Then there are other mini competitions, but they don't have jerseys. So there's prizes for most competitive rider a prize for a kind of like congeniality for the team that gets in the least trouble from the race commissar and then a team prize for that team whose cumulative points are the highest. The other thing to know is that there are also time cuts and all riders have to make the time cut each day to stay in the race. So each time cut is different but for example on stage 13 of this year's Giro if the winner crosses the line in 300 minutes any riders that don't finish the race in the winner's time, 300 minutes plus between 7 and 10%, depending on the average speed. So time cuts. Um, yeah, you, ha- you got to make them or you'll be disqualified. Okay, phew. I feel like I've just ridden three and a half thousand kilometers. But my advice to you when you're planning on watching a stage is to understand what type of stage it is. Is it a sprinter stage or a mountains stage or is it a GC stage? You can find all of this information on Google and Anthony also released a really good podcast a few days ago, which details the really important stages. I think the commentators also usually do a good job of explaining what's going on and discussing the tactics being deployed by each team. So go enjoy. That was a whistle stop tour of the Giro and Grand Tours. And I hope it has helped. Uh, Don't forget to pop me an email with any other questions. Newbie questions, of course, or anything more that you want covered about the Giro. 
and everybody have a brilliant week ride safe and i will chat to you all again on friday with anthony for newbie questions thank you for listening to today's podcast have you ever wondered how good you could actually be each of us has a unique set of circumstances with work family and social obligations but we also want to fulfill our potential in cycling Okay, okay, maybe you won't ever win the Tour de France, but for most of us, this is what cycling is about. So let us build you the perfect training plan around your lifestyle that's totally unique to you and will help you finally realize your cycling dreams. So whether you're just getting started on the bike or if you're a more seasoned cyclist, we have a suitable coach for you. So why not schedule a call with us and we can have a chat about how we can help you go further than you ever dreamed of in your cycling and fitness goals. Go to roadmancycling.com forward slash contact or pop me an email directly to sarah at roadmancycling.com.